0: I'm from Bettina's Kitchen. I'm a plant-based chef and cookbook author.
1: And I'm Nikki from Rebel Recipes, a plant-based food blogger and cookbook author.
0: And this is our podcast, What the Focaccia? Kindly brought to you by the organic retailer Abel & Cole, who are all about being sustainably minded.
1: And you can find out lots more on their website, abelandcole.co.uk. And they have kindly offered you,
0: our podcast listeners, a brilliant offer which is £10 of your first three shops over £30. All the T's and C's are on their website as well, abelandcole.co.uk.
1: And we're very excited to have the lovely Gizzy Erskine here today with us.
2: Hello. Got a very <laughs> old voice. Um, <laughs> you two I'm are just, both a bit ill. I know. I'm kind of sort of sitting here like in my spiritual home of being able to munch away at this delicious cheese that you've made with Tina. You know? Yes. We were just talking about you've got an amazing new project. We'll we'll start with your well,
0: we'll start with what you've got going on Completely. now. And
1: then we're gonna delve into
0: your
2: <laughs> background. <laughs> So, I am, um, yeah, I've literally, it's been announced today that I'm taking over to the St. Martins Lane Hotel. That is amazing. So, um, it's pretty huge. I don't know, I mean, I'm a proper Londoner, and I guess, back and I'm a little bit older than I think people think I am. So, I think back in the 90s, I used to go there the whole time when it was Asia to Cuba, and it was always really wild. I think back in the day, it was a place where... You know, they had Nobu, they had um, The Ivy, and they had Asia de Cuba. And it was where all the cool people went. And you went off to the Met Bar afterwards. But now we've kind of like put this brainchild together of this place. Called the Nightery and a Nightery is a it's kind of like a, a restaurant with a club atmosphere. And they it. started at ten in turn of the century Paris, mm-hmm. and it's kind of a place where all of these brilliant minds sort of sat and sat together and drunk in it. And um, you know, it was all the artists, the philosophers, the musicians, the scientists, the astrologers, and astronomers, and I love it. And it was kind of created this real magic. But then later on, the Americans came along and swooped it up mm-hmm. and did what America does so brilliantly and made it sleazy and trashy. Yeah, and that then became. Um, Atlantic City which then became Las Vegas yep. so you know there's I, it's got some real fun to it but at the core of it it's a really good French restaurant where I get to be a bit playful with the Americanisms and the Londonisms yeah. using really good high quality British produce um, with a very big vegan menu we will be pleased to know oh that's yes.
1: really exciting <laughs> and just
2: really good strong you know just it's just food you want to eat French food you want to eat I think that's kind of the way that you we.
1: but with good. a sort of fun joyful element yeah sort of
2: yeah, I mean, I hate the word joyful. Oh, I think I think I'll it's take sort of it playful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think it's it's playful. It's a bit. Um, it's few fut- It's sort of like future classics. Is yeah. kind of the way we're, we're describing it. Mm.
0: It sounds amazing. We've read. We've, we've sort of read the lowdown, and yeah. it sounds awesome.
2: I'm really excited. Um, I'm also probably more terrified about this than anything I've ever done before in my entire You're life. You're gonna be fine. You're gonna nail it. I mean, it's, sure. it's a big project. You know, it, it's a. 350 cover restaurant and it's wow. and it's a monster and it's a huge piece of British heritage and all eyes are, are, are on me already I mean mm. since we've announced it, it's gone off but it suddenly really puts you into perspective of, yeah. of how big this project is and how you know I've really got to prove myself you know I've got to show that I'm I'm capable of doing this and yeah. I've this is above and beyond yeah. anything I ever imagined I'd be doing are so you doing it on
1: your own is it or are you work, or working with other people
2: well, the, do you know, what the great thing is, is working when you work in a hotel. I've no, I've always done everything myself, so I'm a real control freak. I'm sure mm. you know, you, I imagine both <laughs> you two are as well. But I needed to sit back and be a restauranteur, actually, and and come up with the creative. But the, when I, when I say creative, it means also the recipes development. And yeah. I've got a brilliant executive chef, a guy called Michael Hanbury, who is. So amazing, Yay. and just gets it straight away. You know, we sit down, we're all we everyone's on the same page. I've got an F&B manager who I've never had one on those before. Yep. Suddenly you've got somebody who's doing food and beverage and just goes away. And again, can you do this? And ta-da! Makes it happen. She, yeah, yeah. She just amazing. makes it happen. So there are a lot of privileges in this in this role as well. Um, but it's also you can imagine taking yourself out of yep. the kitchen. Yeah. In some respects, you know, I'm not going to be on the pass which I've never done before in anything I've ever done, you yeah. know. So that's scary for me. And it's mm. like having to... But you know what? I just think sometimes the thing I've learned in life is that you just have to give up the reins and let people do their jobs. And I've got a great get, group and, of people. And get
0: people that are really good at good. their jobs yes. to sort of take yeah. over.
2: Um, so when are you open? Well, we're actually open already. That's amazing. So anybody can come. Yeah, I mean, it's it's right in the centre of town. It's in the middle of theatre land and, yeah, open for business. Fantastic. Oh, I can't
1: wait to go. I'm so excited. You guys are going absolutely. to be my absolute guest. I love, love cooking for you.
2: And I think it's going to be nice to have somewhere that's in town. And I think, you know, you know how much I love vegans and you know how yeah. much I love eating plant-based food. Yeah. Yeah. So we've really kept that in mind because I just think, you know, it the focus on, on the food has been as much as trying to create dishes that have been... Circumstantially, just happen to be vegan, and are just on that menu, and are really delicious. Yeah, you well, know, I mean, you don't,
1: I mean, I mean, I think the best vegan food is is food that is just happens to be vegan. It's just amazing food.
2: Yep, yeah, it really. It, and I, you know, you and I are never going to disagree about that. Yeah. I think sometimes in the modern world we're seeing all these bastardizations of oh. these dishes with these insane bits of food you're like whoa yeah. what even is this totally but yes. we were having a
1: conversation a minute ago weren't we about this amazing cheese that made? makes that was mm. one of your challenges you said actually getting as everyone does the good vegan cheese
2: do you know what the mm-hmm. thing i found with filth which is my other business which is a plant-based burger restaurant which is amazing by the way have I've you had, eaten yes.
0: this? yes i have i didn't and know and i've got this thing with, oh, i did know that i do yeah. remember it actually. yeah i've got this thing with uh vegan burgers and i've probably tried every vegan burger mm. under the sun, and that was one one of the best by
2: far. You wait till you try it now. Yes. I mean, we've spent the last year Incredible. since that since the last pop-up, which was in Shoreditch House, developing, developing, and developing, and I really believe that we have the best in the world right now. It's extraordinary. And... Um, yeah, I've just, that's really exciting. But the, what I was saying was, I think making a processed American style cheese has been quite an easy thing. Mm. Suddenly getting into the kitchen and trying to make a proper French melty, gooey mm. thing that doesn't have that acrid aftertaste yeah. of, what even is that? Because no. it's not, it's certainly not nuts no. and it's yeah. certainly, it's some weird fat. It's like And it's sweet. I want to get that sort of mozzarella pull pull from, from it. Mm. But not—it's the in all of these cheeses, and I genuinely mean it. The one that you've made is—I've never had anything like it. It's so delicious. It doesn't hey. have any of those. I was like, "Oh, you? Where's the nutritional yeast?" And you're like, "It's no. not in there." Yeah, I don't—I don't use it because
0: I kind of feel like everybody misuses nutritional yeah, yeast, and they put it. I call it vegan crack. Everybody puts yeah. it in everything. So I've chosen not to put it in any of my recipes. It's um, that's an interesting move. Yeah.
1: But you can achieve just, well, better results with
0: fermentation, can't you? Yeah, yep. definitely. And with less ingredients. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's three ingredients in that, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, exactly. It's just down to technique, which like just talent. shows a
2: skilled chef, you know?
0: Yeah, and a little bit of air, <laughs> yeah. a little bit of time. <laughs> um, you're very passionate about um, soil health, about sustainability. Um, we've discussed this before, that a lot of people, we think, misuse the word
2: sustainability and don't even know what they're talking about. It's like the new word, it's the new version the of the new... pop-up or supper club, isn't it? Exactly. It just makes me a bit wretched and feel a bit, I know I've said pop-up because so it's like <laughs> a language that people yeah. kind of understand. Yeah, like it's misused and it's used almost as a token of, yes. it's like when organic food came out, it's like, well that doesn't really mean and that quality, yeah. it doesn't mean the consideration to the details, you know.
0: What is sustainability for you?
2: Mm. So in short, um, there is more Biodiversity in one grain of high quality soil um, than there is in in the whole of the human body. Now, the problem is, is that over time, we have abused how we grow our food. Mm. And for various different reasons, most crops are grown with uh, one soil turnover, which means that we aren't getting the right biodiversity in it. Now, this is an international problem, and by the most part, the United Kingdom is really good at Mm. this, um, but we still have a long way to go to get back to full soil health. Now, without full soil health, we have the inability to hold carbon into our ground. So when people read this stuff about carbon emissions coming from farming and from cows and all of this stuff, they're not wrong by the Mm, most part, but it's far more complicated than that because actually growing vegetables can be as destructive as growing uh, an animal. I'm probably in the wrong place to be talking (laughs) about that side of things. No, no, we I also know you two are rational. No, I totally
0: agree with you. And there's such a, for me, there's such a massive grey zone where people think, and this is my big, big pet peeve, people are like, right, I've gone vegan and therefore I'm saving the world. Mm. Whereas I think there's such a massive grey zone that needs to sort of be dug up. Yeah. But it's and always it's not much just, more complex than it's that. It's much more complex, and it's not just about that. You can't go from being a meat eater and then having, I don't know if I'm, we can say this, but like a KFC burger, and yeah. then think that you're saving the world just Perhaps. because it's vegan. Yeah.
2: Because and you're so still condoning what else that
0: business does, exactly, mm. and that's and also that pretty disgusting. It's pretty disgusting, and and it stands for the mere Sorry. thing that you're <laughs> that you're that you're against. Yeah, so it makes no sense. And there's Absolutely. so many companies jumping on the bandwagon now basically rebranding junk food as vegan and going, oh, it's palatable now, yeah, and making loads of money on it. Although, Bettina,
1: I think we need to be careful because I feel like we keep ranting about vegan junk food. (laughs) I know. Well, here's the
0: thing. There's a space for everything and there's space for everyone, and there's definitely space for vegan junk food. What does annoy me, though, is the big companies that are jumping on the bandwagon, and they don't care about where this food comes from, how it's produced. They don't care about the the
2: people who... They don't care about the people people who are eating it. They
0: just care about profits. And nobody's really, really talking about it.
2: I mean, look, it's a really tricky thing. And and we also have this conversation a lot. There is positivity in this movement, without doubt. And I, myself, I mean, I've been talking... I mean, one of the first books I wrote, wrote, which started talking about reduction in in, um, meat, was about Mm. 10 years ago. So, was wow, it 10 years ago? No, That's no, no, incredible. That was so, your first.
0: So you're, book. You're, no. You're yeah. f- well, no, but you were far, far ahead of your time. I,
2: I trained in restaurants that were really about produce and just looking at individual uh, producers and really embracing it. So, I've always had my eye on produce. Mm. Produce has always been my thing. Um, I'm really invested in people who are invested in their livelihood. And the lovely thing is, is because I'm, I'm so spoiled, I get to go to meet a lot of these incredible producers. Mm. Now, because I'm a chef and have worked in restaurants, I get the highest pinnacle of greatness in produce. Yeah. But because I'm socially aware and probably socialist at heart, I really want to try and see how this transcends into everyone's home and the and the tangibility for everyone to be able yeah. to eat like this. Yeah. Now, most people can't. And I find it abhorrent that you have... Meat that is cheaper than eating vegetables. I think it is a disgusting thing. We so mindlessly eat meat now, and it's something that I will never ever be able to get behind. Mm. Um, I remember even training as a chef, and so this was only over fifteen years ago, and not being able to afford fruit or vegetables until I till I got my first job, and I was living off cheap meat. Mm. That was it, because I, you know, I mean, it wasn't because I had to, because I think I was not faced with the mortality of what of the yeah. animals at this stage. At this, then through sort of like actually going to meet these producers, meeting these animals, seeing the difference. And then through journalism, I guess, because I also had a big column at the Sunday Times for years, um, seeing the, the reverse side face to face and actually seeing the animals who were not as lucky. Yeah. I mean, arguably, I'm going to, I sort of feel like I've got to censor myself the whole time when I talk about this because. No animal's lucky when it's yeah, ultimately no. based for turning yeah, into, yeah. into to, um, meat, to produce. But you know what? And I really respect both of you for allowing me to talk about this on your show because, you know, I am a meat eater, but I really am a conscientious one. I would rather go with, go without. I want to campaign to get people eating more vegetables for health, mm. for environment, for the sake of animals we mindlessly eat meat and we and it's plowed into our system and into our society mm. and we have to put a stop to that i
1: think it's just that whole mindset that's got to change yeah absolutely
2: it? you know scientifically we're seeing that our bodies don't need it we were you know it was always like i mean yeah. we do need to like have this sort of protein it's brilliant now that we don't need that it should be that we look around the, to the rest of the world, which is kind of how I've always got my inspiration and everything, actually, and you see how most people have a little bit of animal protein and a lot of vegetable protein yeah, of course. and a little bit of fish protein yeah. or fish oils. And it's a special
0: occasion. And exactly. It's, yeah. Yeah, and quality over quantity, yeah. for sure.
2: And the West is just completely the opposite, and it yeah. is
0: revolting. You know where food comes from, I think, in general, whether you're vegan, whether you're a meat eater... Whether you're paleo, pescatarian, whatever it is, we just need to switch on that light and mm. know where our food comes from and make the effort of going yeah. that extra yeah. mile. I mean, I,
1: think, I think it is coming, but then I was just thinking if there was one thing that, you know, you would be happy or encourage people to do, for both of you, what would it be?
2: Oof, because I would have said eat more veg back yeah. in the day. Um
0: what about, like, a, a, a more affordable way? That's what I'm thinking.
1: Yeah, think yeah. What is,
0: you know, what is a really easy...
1: I think one thing, thing. is
2: impossible because the, cause actually, simply put, the one thing people could do that is helpful is increase their, their their vegetables and their, you know, beans, pulses, all of those things. But I don't want that to be my message. My message is entirely about eating the right thing and and having it as a treat, you know, and, and I and utilising the whole animal. If you're going to be a meat eater, don't just want the prime cuts. Eat everything and be confident in that. And, you know, I mean, I've got another book coming out Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. (laughs) And it's, I've been working on it for two or three years now, and it's, again, quite complex. It kind of, like, puts into layman's terms what we're talking about Mm -hmm. now. It goes through each, starts off with with, um, vegetables. Actually, it starts off, like this. We're in the middle of uh the world completely in a catatonic state. If I ha- if this is a situation we can't import or export anything, what are the key ingredients that I mm. need to know I can make at home? Yeah. And that was a challenge. Actually, let me put that question to you. What did you what would you like top top 3 ingredients you could not live without that are imported? So like coconut. Yeah. Yeah, coconut.
0: I mean, I use a lot of coconut. Yeah. That's my number one that are imported. Yeah. <laughs> Um you know some nuts, but I could be that probably this is quite interesting because my sort of evolution in terms of how I've been cooking went from really being engulfed in all these shiny ingredients that were labelled vegan. Whereas now I've gone over to just what I can find here. Yeah. What about the cashew? I mean it's not it's not I can live Mm. without it. I totally can. And I'm still on the hunt of actually finding something else that I could use instead of the cashew. But I've gone basic Mm. to like flour, salt and water, sourdough, for example, or really probably not as photogenic in terms of produce wise. But I've sort of reared more towards finding what is possible here in the UK Mm. versus all these shiny things that you buy that you've got access to, which is amazing, and that I consider a treat. Like in Spain, I had access to lots of avocados, and that was my thing for years. Whereas moving here, yeah. it's a, it's,
2: it is a treat. Yeah. I don't eat avocados on a weekly basis. I really don't. I've cut back on avocados as much as so I've cut back on me. Yeah. It's devastating because they are one of my favourite things. Yeah, but it's, you know. it
0: just it, it naturally, I don't. Buy them. Yeah. So I've gone. I've gone more basic. But yeah. Yeah. so well, on this, co- coconut would be one of them. I, yeah. definitely. I think that would be hardest for me
1: because apart yeah. from that, most of my recipes are literally pulses and vegetables. Yeah,
2: yeah. So, but okay, yeah. But if you, so when you get really complex, I mean, not that that actually it is that. I mean, listen, the idea of us living as an island completely self-sufficiently is an interesting one. It's also a, a really unrealistic. I don't. Know, I don't want to live in that world. So. There is The reality is we're going to be importing and exporting food mm. for a long time. Yeah. I guess we've got to work out what the big culprits are and what the um, terrible ones are. On the upside, cashew nuts are very sustainable. Mm. So it's, you know, something like that, as long as it's been freighted in the right way, yeah. is actually okay. Right. So
0: three top tips on being more sustainable. This go. is even harder, I for one go. before. I go. know, oh, God, you're talking <laughs> to like treat. somebody who's... Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> like Philly ADHD who finds so. it impossible to focus <laughs> on anything. Um, okay, within food, yes. the things you can do are... It's really cliche, so I feel really boring saying it because no, I feel it. like I can, I can invest a lot more of intellectual thought in other ways. But simply, higher quality meat, less of it. Number two would be uh, eat seasonally. It yes. Only but I'm not saying don't import. We've got to be practical. But if we all did eat seasonally and then imported the things we couldn't bring in, yeah. then we would all be in a much better and it place. Taste better. Tastes better. Tastes better. Uh, as somebody who's interested in food mm. and as a cook, to be bold. So, for example, one of the things we've done in the book, I could not live without miso. All right? Oh yeah. Miso is from soybeans. Soybeans mm. we know is one of the biggest, most detrimental problems. In the world, because of it uses animal feed, but also because it zaps out all of the, the nutrition and the water and the sun, and it's just a, this like constant life sucking monocropping. Source. Monocropping, yes. exactly, and so it's go- ultimate. Google sense. that, guys, because yeah. that's a whole other yeah. wormhole. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we, um, yeah, exactly. God, many I said it was going to be like ah, when I start. Um, so traditionally, when I was looking at in. Um, Uh, Japan you know barley misos we are a big barley growing country we've got loads of amazing grains and also we now have the capability to grow a lot of grains I mean our climate has changed let's be honest so we can grow a lot of these foods that people haven't been able to before and also because we were exposed to them so it's also really cool to see what we're doing like that but the other exciting thing is that looking at heritage crops I discovered carlin peas have you had these before? yeah yes yeah, so good. It's yeah. like a British chickpea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. amazing. They're fan. T- actually, I think I prefer them to mm. a chickpea. They've got better flavour, mm. better texture. And I love a chickpea. Love a chickpea. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was going to say I must be like another life source. <laughs> um, but you know, like to have something that's grown here and is inher- it's inherently British is. Uh, but we've not, barely anyone knows about them. No, there's so many varieties yeah. that people are unaware yeah. of. So just be playful and find out what is grown here and just mm. the stuff that you may so normally So what's, what's, what's the book about? Huh. Okay, it's called Sustain. <laughs> in a nutshell, it's Sustain. 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 Oh, that's but such swag. a good name. But it's, it's um you know, I guess the user's guide to, to sustainability in a modern kitchen, that I guess, is, is the, the so best way to describe good. it. But it's, but it's more than a cookbook. Mm. Um, like I said, I start off with this challenging idea of like, what do you do if you are screwed, and these are the things you want to eat, and for me it was like making soy sauce and like all well, yeah. these these things I could not live without mm-hmm. certain ferments, yeah, um, you know. And it's fun, and I, I don't expect anyone to make them because they're bloody, you know. I've got miso fermenting that that's been six, <laughs> probably 46 months old, and it's still not bloody ready, yeah. But it's fun, but you've got and to put it, it out gets there, have you? Think you? It. It yeah, exactly. In the same way that you've done this cheese, yeah. it's. It's a bit of a labour of love, you yeah. know. But it's really important for
1: some people to be pushing the boundaries and just to, to show people exactly yeah. what you can achieve if you put time oh. and effort into it. When I mean? is it
2: out? So it comes out at the end of this year. I'm not quite oh, sure. Wow. Yeah, and, Sometime. And yeah, We're we've sort of in the middle of uh, finishing off Shoot It soon. Um, How many books? What, what number book will that be? This will be six. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah, but actually, I don't know if you know, but that's six as Gizzy Erskine as me and my own. I'm talking in the third person. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then it's number, probably with including my, like things like Cook Yourself Then, Go yeah. To School, things like that. It's about eight. And then before that, I was a ghostwriter for a lot of big famous chefs. So this is probably about book number God, 16, 17. Wow. So, What's so your
1: favourite? It's a silly question, but. Slow. Slow, yeah. Slow so far is slow by is far good. the
2: best and it's because it sort of comes from the same sentiment, mm, which yeah. is, I love honest cooking and I love real food and I love produce. And this is when you spend some time and energy learning how to do these old school skills, the amount of fun you can have and like you can lose yourself in this stuff. It's therapy. yeah. Um, and you know deep down that you're working with produce that's fantastic and a you know fat batch cooking
0: yeah and
2: things like that it's yeah. just it's just great it's i really see i get excited yeah. talking about yeah, this kind yeah, of yeah. food because it's great and then you know i mean i think sustain is going to be great i'm scared about it because it's it's quite a lot you know it's quite a big challenging thing to say i not that i expect you to make this i'm saying like you can use it you can yeah. use these ingredients but Let's challenge ourselves for a second. And then and then it becomes a bit more of a topical book. You know, It's, a, it's very timely. It, yeah. It's definitely timely. I think it, I
0: kind of, the words that pop up into my head are almost like a little bit of a food Bible in terms of survival and just yeah. the curiosity of how things
2: are made. Yeah. I and mean, this is it, you know, so I'll go into vegetables and I'll talk about each crop. But to be, you know, so it's like mushrooms. Mm. Brilliant. Mushrooms will keep us all alive forever and ever and ever. So, yeah. you know, and they're really easy to grow and there's not, they're not that complex and you can grow most... And they're very tasty. I once mean, you do, to, Once that's you sure. know how to cook them properly. Exactly. Well. And that's the other problem because you always get people going, oh, I don't want to be eating this stuff. And you're like, sorry, if you cook that properly, that tastes like beef. I can make that yeah. taste like beef. Yeah. And then it's got, you know, so it talks all the way through the vegetables and the reality of this is what we need to do to create good soil. And then I'll go through all of the meat groups and be like look here's the reality of the carbon the real truth about the carbon Mm. situation comparatively here's where we are and i'm making people face the truth about things like egg production veal production this is what is really going on and if you're going to eat eggs you need to acknowledge that this is a pretty sordid industry yeah as with dairy but then it doesn't mean that that is the be-all and end-all of it. You know, I'm so pro. There's some phenomenal producers out there doing mm. radical things. You know, there's a farmer, which I'd be interested to see what you'd think. I mean, I guess it's because you don't appreciate working animals full stop. But these cows get to grow up with their mums. And everyone hangs out together. And it's natural. There's, yeah. no, there's no forced production. Mm. Um, and when they're out of season, they ain't working.
0: Yeah. So no, it's I, like... I,
2: I agree with that. I mean, I'm not, I,
0: uh, I've done lots of work in Mongolia where mm. they follow the natural seasons yeah. and they work side by side. So, uh, actually, I'd right. love to have a drink with you about that. That's fascinating. Yes, we should. <laughs>
1: um, Just um, because I love Abel, Able and, Col- Abel and Cole, yes. what's your thoughts on uh, organic?
2: Um, I, I mean, organic to me are, I mean, I, I've, i in a world of where organic really stands for what it is, I believe it is one of the best things that, that could happen to the world, right? Um I think as a marketing tool it's sketchy. So I believe in slow growing food. Mm. Again when I speak to my producers mm. um they will by the most part be organic. It's an impossible thing to measure because of pollination. Yeah. And you know there are a lot of natural things that go into it. I mean I'm a huge fan of Abel and Cole by the way. I think that they really yeah. are one of the
0: They're doing actually we were talking about dairy they mm. are doing ethical dairy.
2: Mm which
0: is they still have their calves and yeah. they, the production is smaller. I wonder if much it's the smaller. same people. Yeah, it might be. It's like Hilltop
2: Farm and, and um, the calf at dairy, they're, they're the two ones which I think are really doing revolutionary yeah. stuff. The thing is, the reality about all this stuff is when you when, when you get into mass production, it goes out the window. Absolutely. But, but why do we feel like we deserve to have... Yeah. <laughs> why, do we, why do we feel like we deserve to be utilising these animal products the way that we are? Again, let's rethink it, like you guys said, and mm. have this as a treat. We don't need to to be, you know, okay, a splash of, of um, milk in your tea or coffee because that's your choice, fine, but let's not, you don't need to make porridge with, I'm a Scot, you definitely don't need to make porridge with milk. Yeah. Let's step away from that. Yeah. With a there's exactly. lots
0: of There's lots of easy sort of changes that you can make. Uh, that have high impact mm. and if lots of people do them yeah. then and also
2: they're, not, they're real food I mean this is how they were made you exactly. know let's not beat back beat the bad bush a lot of this production of, of mass production has come in because there is a commodity in it mm. so let's take you know porridge should be made with water how come everyone makes it with milk you yeah. know that's obviously been a bit of a sort of underhand PR move yeah, from someone absolutely. somewhere <laughs> along <laughs>
0: on along the line it right. works in all sides doesn't it, it doesn't PR it? Yeah, you can convince <laughs> anyone about anything and you mm. can back it up with lots of science. Yeah, The thing is when you... I think everything has two sides to it. And as soon as something becomes fanatical and as soon as it's very one-sided, mm. that's when the red flags come up yeah. to me and I'm like, mm, yeah hang on yeah. a second.
1: I mean, the thing is, I think it's really hard to navigate for just an average person just looking at, you know, being um, bombarded with all these bits of media that was conflicting uh, bits of information. I mean, How, how, do actually how difficult is, is it to be
0: a teenager nowadays yeah. and go, oh, what should I eat and what should I,
2: oh, should I eat? It's, uh, it's, yeah, it's not just about the sort of diet thing that was, like with my youth, it's yeah. now... All the different types of like diets. By that, I mean, but all sorts of extra guilt associated it's with it. All yes. guilt. Yes, yeah, it's very, very tied it's into all it. guilt. I'm kind of okay with the guilt. I think, I think that some of it's needed. It's necessary. Well, I think you take action then. Yeah, you like,
1: <laughs> take action. Yeah. Okay. So, Gizzy, what is the best piece of advice you've been given?
2: Ugh. just to I used stand to say, out. Oh things. God, I'm really bad. At this, I can't ever focus on one thing. So, I used to say it would be to be yourself. I think that I've. The, my biggest mistakes in my whole career have been being guided by other people's opinion on what I should be doing and you know every time I've stuck to my guns and had a clear vision I've just got it right um so I will probably I think that's just a nice clean way of thinking <laughs> yeah. I think my secret to my success is just knowing myself being confident in my heart about what is my Conviction.
1: Yeah. And that comes with the experience sometimes as well, doesn't oh, it?
2: Oh, God, I've been doing this now. I mean, my first TV show I did was like 13 years ago. And I've been chefing for about 16 years now, mm. 17 years. So I, you know, yeah you learn. I'm still learning. I can't believe it. Like, I just turned 40 last year. And I can't believe at this age how much I'm learning every day yeah, about everything. It's continuous, isn't it? You, I don't know. Yeah. I think it's continuous.
0: It's always continuous. Friendships, family, relationships—stuff that you think you
2: would have by now—and it becomes easier somehow because. Oh, I don't know. I feel like it's more complicated. More stuff to (laughs) file somewhere. Yeah, Yeah, just file
0: it. Thank you so much. Um, We've absolutely
2: loved having you. You know, sit here and talk for like hours and hours and hours about this. I just want to say thank you for having me because, you know, I I really value both of you because you're so open to real discussion and you know it's hard because in an hour there's so much more i'd love to say but we um, wish we had
1: many many more hours yeah. <laughs>
2: but i am really grateful you've always both been really supportive of, of oh, me so i'm on. thank Back thank you. you
0: thank you it's been amazing thanks very much for listening to what the pocaccia and please feel free to give us a five-star rating and tell your friends all about it plus you can follow us on our socials which are the Tina's kitchen and rebel recipes
1: Thanks again to Abel and Cole for making this all possible. They're the organic home delivery grocer
0: who deliver fresh and seasoned organic food straight to the door. And they've kindly offered our listeners a brilliant offer of £10 off your first three shops over £30 when you enter the code PODCAST at the checkout. Check their website abelandcole.co.uk for more details where you'll also find all the T's and C's.